Welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. God bless you, my friends. This is evangelist Kevin Wagner, founder of Wagner Ministries International, welcoming you to our podcast today. On our last podcast, we looked at verse 5 of Acts chapter 8, and we began to see what God was doing through Philip the evangelist. We looked at the type of man Philip was, the characteristics and qualities he had that made him so usable to God. And I encouraged you to cultivate and develop those same qualities in your life. Today then, we move on and see how God was using Philip to his glory back then. Let's start in verse 5. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now the Bible says in verse 6, When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. You know, this reinforces what I've said several times before on these podcasts, that supernatural moves of God, like divine healings, miracles, exorcisms, etc., have a bigger purpose than just helping the afflicted person. Remember in Acts chapter 2? The signs and wonders done by the apostles resulted in the Lord added, adding daily to those who were being saved. Remember Acts chapter 3? After God used Peter and John to give the crippled man his legs back, the Bible says all the people in town were praising God for what had happened. Acts chapter 5, the same thing. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and what happened? Well, the Bible says more and more men and women believed in the Lord. The ultimate prize, my friends, that the Lord Jesus Christ has his eye on is the soul of every man and woman. Your soul is such a precious and valuable commodity because the Lord knows you're going to live forever somewhere and he wants you to be with him. Therefore, Jesus is going to do everything he can to convince you that he's real, that he loves you, and that he is who he says he is. So when a man like Philip does miraculous healings, exorcisms, and the like, they serve as authenticating proof of the power and reality of God. They help convince people that God is active and alive, that the power of Jesus Christ is real today, and that he cares incredibly for your physical and spiritual needs. This was part of God's strategy then, and remains so to this day. When the Holy Spirit shows himself powerfully moving in a supernatural way, revival almost always comes. A few physical healings usually result in many conversions. And praise God for that. If that's what it takes for a revival to come anywhere, any place, if that's what it's going to take for precious souls to get saved in abundance right here in your community, then let it be, Lord. Let it be. Now, do any of you remember much of what you learned in high school? No offense to any of our fine high school teachers listening today, but I don't remember much. I remember people and things we did, but actual facts from class, not too much. But the thing I do remember, and I'm not sure why, is this. In chemistry, I learned that a gas always expands to fill an empty space, a vacuum. 
Well, this is just like Christianity. Christianity also abhors a vacuum. Christianity can't seem to, can't stand to see areas, regions, and people living without Jesus. That's just the way it is, and it's just the way we are, because it's just the way that Jesus was. When we see spiritually empty people, men or women, with a Christless vacuum in their lives, the Christian wants to move in there and see Jesus come in and fill that space. I remember when I was a pastor, some people couldn't understand why, for example, we kept praying for revival in our city. You've already got the biggest church in town, they'd say. Why do you want more? Why do you want to keep growing? Well, because Christianity abhors a vacuum. And there were still people in our city who were spiritually empty. And when God brings conviction to the folks in the Northwest, we're going to be praying for the Southwest. And when the Holy Spirit fills all of the Southwest, we're going to be praying for the Southeast. And when God brings revival to the whole city, we'll start setting our sights on the neighboring cities and beyond. Because Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. People, where we live in the Western world is the ends of the earth that Jesus was talking about. And Philip knew that. He saw the spiritual vacuum, the emptiness in Samaria that only Jesus could fill, and so he went. And God blessed his willingness, obedience, and enthusiasm for the Lord with results and with fruit. Christianity is first and foremost a missionary enterprise. Christianity hates the spiritual vacuum in people's lives, and yet it loves those people powerfully. And it is those strong emotions that motivated Hudson Taylor to bring Jesus to China, that motivated William Carey to take Christ to India, and what has motivated our ministry, Wagner Ministries International, for the past 17 years, to pour Jesus into the spiritually empty lives that God has given us the privilege and responsibility of filling right here and now in the least reached parts of our world. And I believe that the key to this spreading and filling is a small three-letter three word called joy. The Bible says that as a result of, of Philip's preaching, as a result of the miracles, healings, and exorcisms, there was great joy in that city. And that joy would have served as a catalyst to keep the revival spreading and keep the kingdom of God moving forward in that place and at that time. And so it is today. I ask you, my friends, today, generally speaking, who would you rather spend time with? Someone who is usually happy, enthusiastic, and upbeat, all characteristics of joy, or someone the complete opposite of that? The spread of Christianity becomes as contagious as a case of chickenpox when God's people, you and I, radiate the joy, excitement, and enthusiasm of Jesus in our lives to the world around us. I've met a number of sour-faced saints in my life who have tried to convince me that you don't have to be happy on the outside to have the joy of the Lord on the inside. Well, I'm not so convinced. It's hard to believe that someone has the joy of the Lord when they look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. Folks, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and that's the truth. The joy of the Lord is our strength for witnessing, 
The joy of the Lord is our strength for holy living. The joy of the Lord is our strength to effectively show the spiritually empty people in our lives that yes, Jesus does make a positive difference in my life and the life of my family. And he can do the same for you. Frankly, I dislike talking about joy like I'm doing today almost as much as I like talking about prayer. Well, maybe dislike is too strong a word. But both joy and prayer are things that the phrase actions speak louder than words speaks volumes about. We usually talk more about prayer and how important it is than actually getting down and doing it. If we prayed as much as we talked about praying, a lot more would be happening for the Lord. It is the same with joy. I can talk till the cows come home about how important joy is for the Christian, but the best way I can show you that is by example, by being that way myself. Because like the Bible says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And the power of God is in prayer, not talk about prayer. And the same power of God is in the joy of Jesus in your life, not in talk about that joy. The joy of the Lord is a magnet drawing the steely cold hearts of unbelievers to the heat of the burning bush. It's the porch light lit in the dark that attracts living things of all sorts to it. Just like Jesus said, he will draw all men unto him. Folks, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you lack it today, ask God for it. He'll give it to you because he wants you to have it. It's so important for you to experience the joy of the Lord because it was the great joy in that Samaritan city that propelled the revival forward then, which we'll see in our next podcast. And it is that same joy in your lives that God can use to do the same thing before our eyes today in your city. As always, my friends, I look so forward to our next podcast where we will move further into the book of Acts as the Holy Spirit uses His Word to help us walk daily in the power of God. Have a blessed day in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org. God bless.